Open the special panel and play. Host, Honeycomb, Big Time Baseball! Win big time prizes. You may win! One of ten Panasonic 40-inch big screen TVs with remote control VCRs. Or... One of 500 Panasonic FM stereo headphone radios. Big Time Baseball is a hit and everybody scores. Just swing open the special panel for lots of free fun and games. Look for this special box this summer. Post. Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I'm Jeff. And I am Rick. Do, 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 Random banter! We'll talk about what we like. Do, 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 do. Random better time, buddy. How you been? What's been going on with you? It's because Bohemian Rhapsody is in theaters right now, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, that's been sticking to my head for a little while now. No, I'm blaming it on uh, Freddie Mercury in the theaters. You can blame Freddie, but honestly, I've had it in my head for about a month. Okay. <laughs> well, let's see here. Oh, by the time this comes out, uh, we'll be around the time that me and... It's looking like about 12 other people right now are going to be in downtown Portland wearing Santa Claus costumes uh, Santa Con. for SantaCon. SantaCon. A uh, giant pub crawl where we are dressed in Santa Claus outfits and we are <laughs> drinking. <laughs> you get your drink on. <laughs> Last year we hit 13 stops. I, once again, I will be in charge of all of these people. <laughs> well, it'll be fun. It'll yes. be a lot of fun. What about you? Well, since we're having so much fun, let's put a damper on that because I'm going to be Mr. Uh, Rain Cloud, this random banter. Sad news. <laughs> yeah, sad, sad news. Jeff. Sad news, Jeff. Everything's bad. Uh, yeah, we had to uh, put uh, our sick cat Bowie down on Friday because, uh, yeah, cancer just got too much. He wasn't eating. And he started having seizures. So it's was like, well... Sadly, his time had come. So yeah. that kind of sucked for Friday. And then on uh, then on Sunday night, uh, we're having a rainstorm here, and we're up, and we're talking. The baby's just falling asleep, and Hillary's about to go to bed, and we're just chatting and stuff, and I'm going to stay up for a while. I'm like, hmm, we both stop, and we go, do you hear a dripping noise? So uh, at 1.30 in the morning, and I'm climbing around in the in the attic, trying to find this drip, and I you know, figure out where it's at. And it's like, you know, we have a really old roof. Uh, we had it installed a year and a half ago, so obviously it's way past. <laughs> It's way old, so it's ready to fall apart. But we found a vent that was leaking, so we had to get up on the roof in the middle of the night and throw tarps on it and tape it up and do all sorts of stuff. And then we were up with that uh, until about four in the morning where we go, okay, now let's go to bed. At which point the baby is like, I guess I, d I can stop crying and screaming because it's morning. Let's play. And then I was like, well, I'm up with her until about 530 in the morning. So I was like. <laughs> so the rain cloud thing, that was, you know, kind of a metaphor. Yeah, it was figurative and literal. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Speaking of literary corner. <laughs> We're not there yet. No. We gotta do some other stuff first. We have a lot more to get through. Yes, we do. And how we start this normally mm -hmm. is by you giving me a two-sentence replay of the last issue. Interesting. I recall it differently. But I'll play along with you, Mr. Rick Heineken. I'll play <laughs> along. 
After a constant and unwanted barrage of family badgering, Julie, the unne'er-do-well and accused math cheater of the family, decides to run away from home to Asgard and join whatever the equivalent of a circus is there, only to be ambushed by the Boogeyman. That's right, it is again the untriumphant return of nobody's favorite weaponizing kidnapper, Carmody, who, after taking another dunk in the literal and figurative cold water of failure, finds himself in hot water with the Warriors 3. Now that the why go to the trouble of running away when a kidnapper will come to you, two-sentence replay is over, Rick, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. I bet you got something good this time. Yes, but before I give it to you, I mm-hmm. would like you to tell me the name of this issue. The Kid Who Fell to Earth. One more time. The Kid Who Fell to Earth. In the vein of that, I would like to offer you... What do we got? Space Goat Pale Ale! <laughs> This is awesome. (laughs) Big Sky Brewing Company, Missoula, Montana. And the story time is that uh, you shouldn't drink it if you're pregnant or operate heavy machinery. This is fantastic. (laughs) The cover on this is unbelievable. It is a anthropomorphic goat with sunglasses on in a spacesuit in space hovering over Earth. This might be the best one that we've ever had. This is fantastic looking. This is absolutely glorious. Yes, I, I, I've got four little bottles here for us to enjoy. <laughs> it's a pale ale. I hope you like them. Well, we'll find um, out. Yeah, th- this thing is a 5.0% ABV, IBU of 40, so it should be a little bit bitter. Uh, pale ale, of course. And it says, Crystal and Galaxy Hops are combined to produce a thirst-quenching beer with citrus undertones. Yeah, I've been holding on this one for a little while. You're a clever, clever man, my I, friend. I saw this a long time ago, and I bought it, and I said, I don't know which issue this is going to be tied to, but this will be tied to it's, an issue. It's going to something. I was thinking, I'm like, it's going to be a goat-based thing, isn't it? It's going to be a ghost. A, a ghost. Of course, a kid who fell to Earth was a ghost. Ah, so you, you saw that goat coming then. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't see it coming, but I had a, had a, a guess that it was there. Oh, that is really clear. That's, That's a pale ale. Yeah, nice bubbles. Got a little bit of an IPA nose to it. It yeah. uh, smells good. It's yeah. kind of a little citrusy smelling, but not bad. No. Oh, and then veal tasters. It's got the pale ale high haziness, uh, bubbles floating up, and it is a very smooth pale ale. That is a very smooth pale ale. That's got that introductory kind of like, here comes the tang, and then it stops. Yeah, then stops and goes away. Yeah, that's... That, that 40 IBU is... um. Hmm. It's very smooth. That's, no, this is this is tasty. Um, this is pretty no, clever. Normally, I would say this would be a very good summer beer. Yeah, uh, very light. Not that there's no real strength to it at all. No real kick. It's just yeah. a clean, crisp, enjoyable. Uh, just enough little bit of tang to tell you, hey, I'm a beer. But yeah, wow, this is a this is a pleasant IPA. Well, it's not an IPA. It's just a pale ale. Just a straight pale ale. Okay, then this is a pleasant PA. <laughs> Which is a professor's assistant? Is that what it is? That's one way of putting it. <laughs> Protesting associate? What does PA stand for? And 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 if you want to see this fabulous uh, depiction of a space goat, uh, we will, of course, have a picture of it on our website for you to check out, along with all the other pictures we are going to talk about from this fine comic that Jeff is going to give us the opening credits for right about now. Power Pack, issue number 16, November 1985, The Kid Who Fell to Earth. Credits, writer, Louise Simonson. Art, June Brigman and Bob Wycheck. Colorist, Glennis Oliver. Letterer, Joe Rosen. Editor, Carl Potts. Editor-in-Chief, Jim Shooter. Featuring Power Pack, Alex Power, a.k.a. G, 
Gravity Master, Julie Power, aka Lightspeed, Flying Master, Jack Power, aka Mass Master, Density Master, Katie Power, aka The Energizer, Energy Master, guest starring Franklin Richards, son of Sue and Reed Richards, Dream Master, <laughs> Jarvis, Butler to the Avengers, Butler Master, <laughs> and worst babysitter in the world. It sounds quite scary, Master Franklin, but really, it was only a dream. No, Jarvis, you don't understand. It was a special dream. And the monsters, and the horse boy, and the yelling, and the guns, most of it happened. But some of it's gonna happen still. And with that intro dialogue complete, apostrophes and all, we find ourselves on an alien landscape with a couple of snarks. Scroll! Think giant green-skinned hybrid lizard grasshopper aliens. Chasing down a young chameleon. Scroll! Think white-skinned bipedal... Horse alien. Apparently, this Chimelian sorcerer's brat teleported into the Snark's Queen Mother Marud's council chamber. Squirrel. And that type of shenanigans is frowned upon in this establishment. It's not like the young alien pony meant to do this. He was surprised as well. He was just being a sneaky, nosy busybody. But thanks to being a little overreaching with his teleporting, he has learned some double-secret probation-level information. Shrek. I don't often say this, but you are correct. The foolish foal found a few felonious facts. The Queen Mother has sent her son Jackal to Earth to purloin the Power Pack's powers. Shrekow! Gadzooks! Guess the guards got genuine guidance to gun down the galloping gumshoe goat guy's getaway. But why is he calling the Power Pack his human cousins as he runs away? Shrekow! We'll ferret it out soon. For now, the lizards are outfoxed by the rabbiting horse-looking kid. Wow, that is a menagerie of a sentence. Agreed. Would it help to know that the Chimelian is known as Kofi? I love coffee. Me too. It's what I need to start my day. But I'm not talking about coffee. I'm talking about Kofi, which might sound like coffee, but is actually pronounced Kofi. Get it? Got it. Good. Kofi teleports directly into his father's smart ship, a diplomatic vessel. This is important because it means that it is not locked in place and able to immediately launch off the planet. So it has diplomatic immunity. Yes, and Kofi is a lethal weapon. And the snark shooting at them is their way of saying that that diplomatic immunity has just been revoked. Once in space, we find out a whole lot of information. Kofi and the smart ship Data are headed to Earth. Kofi is the great nephew of Byral, the chameleon who Power Pack adopted as their honorary grandfather, and whose son gave them their powers and his life. This is why he keeps referring to the Earthlings as his cousins. By power, not by blood. Got it. Power is thicker than family. You can really mangle a quote sometimes. We also learn that Kofi and his father, who has not been named yet, do not get along. Instead of sending a message as the smart ship wants him to do, the young rebel has commanded the smart ship to fly as fast as possible to Earth so he can help the helpless hatchlings. Good plan, and I'm sure nothing negative will happen. Oh, you spoke too soon, because as soon as they swing around our planet's moon, a snark ship sneaks up behind the fleeing four-locked fledgling and with a... Shrek boom! The smart ship is hit and starts to plummet to Earth. That was Jackal, and he has critically damaged data. Oh no! I hate it when my data is damaged. I hope they backed it up. <laughs> that was bad. Speaking of galactic struggles, we now turn to a butler trying to put pants on a four-and-a-half-year-old who is reenacting the space fight we just described with a TIE fighter and an X-Wing. Hey, that is what I would use if I was a kid in the mid-80s, and I had those toys. And Franklin does look like Anakin. Yippee! Original Star Wars toys and an original Star Wars poster on the wall? Yippee indeed. Yippee indeed. 
According to the young child, the smart ship crashed somewhere around the outer markers. I mean the Statue of Liberty. The final act of the dying sentient ship was to fake the damage to look worse and allow Kofi to get away. Jarvis is just nodding his head and smiling, like any adult listening to a kid while doing another task, such as struggling to get a kid dressed and mentally typing up a new resume to get out of this madhouse. Saved by the tea kettle, Jarvis retreats from the room, begging the child to get dressed by himself. Franklin decries that he is not a baby, in a whining voice, but he doesn't want to go to the park because the monster is there. Really selling that line about not being a baby, Frankie. Jarvis is under direct orders from Franklin's absent authoritative adults to make sure this precocious tyke play with other kids. Something the Richards never do while they are in town. So to the park to play, Franklin shall go. Before he leaves the room to attend to his tea, Jarvis at least attempts to soothe Franklin's worries by saying that the monster was just a dream and that his parents would never leave him in any danger. Um, Jarvis, you've met his parents, right? Well, Franklin has, and his response to a closed door that is both metaphorical and literal is... But, but they do all the time. We know, Franklin. We know. So Franklin starts to have an argument with himself, showing early signs of the years of therapy he will need after growing up with absent parents, alternate timelines, resurrected relatives, and the constant threats of supervillains. He knows he needs to find the hurt alien and help it escape from the snark, but he's afraid. He finally decides to be a brave little toaster, just like his Uncle Benji, a.k.a. The Thing. And not a hothead like his Uncle Johnny, a.k.a. the Human Torch. And not invisible to his needs like his mother, a.k.a. the Invisible Woman. And not stretching out of the way of responsibility like his father, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. So he puts on his special Fantastic Four sweatshirt under his coat. It is special because it has the Fantastic Four design with a half next to the four. Get it? It's because he's the fourth and a half member. And he's four and a half. Get it? Huh? Huh? Yeah. I got it. And Franklin gets that he is supposed to keep his identity secret, so he puts on a hoodie as well. And with that, they go to the park. Meanwhile in Central Park, home of the Fighting Pigeons. Are we still doing this? I'm not tired of it yet, so... yes. <sighs> the secret super siblings are skating under a sunny sky. The older three power packers are pretty good and are showing how their powers work to make them better yet with Jack being a bit of a pest to a struggling Katie, because of course he is. Alex does a low-gravity flip over the others, Julie flies over to catch Katie as she falls, and Jack clouds out of, and then back into, his skates, which is kind of a cool trick. Cool trick or not, it earns him a yelling from Julie for using his powers out in the open. His response is that the reason that he is doing this is to hide the fact that Alex and Julie are using their powers out in the open. Huh. Jack is the voice of reason and restraint? Did we pick up a what-if issue by mistake? Actually, no, but I think this is kind of a cool power training exercise. Also, the kids are all in their costumes, but are wearing sweatshirts and jackets over them. It's actually kind of a good idea. Speaking of costumes, they're lamenting that they can't call up Friday to check out a meteor they saw the other night because the communicators still do not work after Julie washed them way back in issue number 11. Katie falls again, but this time her special chameleon coin drops out of her pocket. Ching-a-ching! Katie, your chameleon coin. You shouldn't be carrying it around like this. What if you lose it? I won't. It's mine. Give it back. The two fairy gave me it when we were out in space. It means I'm the most special one. Even if I can't use my powers to skate like you can. So there. Somebody took their cranky vitamins this morning. Yep. And that somebody doesn't understand why the tooth fairy gives you money. Meanwhile at the playground. Home of the fighting monkey bars. Would you just... Okay, now I have an image of bars full of monkeys fighting. Give me a moment. That would have been home of the fighting bar monkeys. 
But while you take a moment, we will take in the scene and find Franklin sitting at the top of a slide, with a line of kids impatiently waiting for their turn and Jarvis on a bench passing recipes. And his digits, roar, to a mother holding a child. Oh, and the power children skating up to a hot dog vendor. It's them, those power kids. My dreams were real. Dreams? Are you kidding? Move it or pow, I'll give you power. That may be the lamest playground threat I have ever heard. Franklin watches the powers get their hot dogs and begin to skate off. Katie, in a fantastic panel, lets out a... Yikes! And falls on her keister as the other three, in perfect unison, skate forward, eating their hot dogs in peace. As the siblings circle back to help their sister, Jack must comment... Wounded, fallen, defeated, the skates won. Franklin, who has finally relinquished his stranglehold superstation of sitting atop the slide, observes how much the ketchup that Katie is covered in matches the blood on the horse kid's head from his premonition. He decides to describe the details of his determining dream to these siblings, and then he will run back to Jarvis and go home where it is safe. Franklin... For what will probably not be the last time, your parents are the Fantastic Four, and you are staying at the Avengers Mansion. Safety is something you will never, 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 ever, ever, ever have. I guess you could say it's kind of relative. Moving on. Franklin runs over and interrupts even more sniping between Jack and Katie by calling Alex's name. Moving past introductions, the tiny talented tot totally transcribes the terrible tale of the non-Terrence trek and the totaling of the transportation. Terrific. He warns them that a monster is coming to hurt them and reveals to these strangers that he has special dream powers. Jack is impressed, especially since Franklin is obviously younger than Katie, meaning that she is not the youngest and littlest superhero anymore. Katie's not buying this, and she retorts. Well, I don't believe it. He's not a real superhero. He's just a dumb baby. I am not, and I know more about superheroes than you do, so there. Check and mate, Katie. But she is not done yet. If this baby is so smart, where is the chameleon? And with that, they run off, leaving an oblivious Jarvis, who is still trying to score a date with his recipe for Hercules' high-calorie fried chicken. Yum. Hey, it's like the song says, recipes make the world go round and the digits drop. Franklin quickly and accurately directs them to the injured Kofi. Does he bring sugar with that? <laughs> and cream. Katie, still not impressed and becoming more of a brat by the second, tells Franklin not to wet his diapers. Wow, she is turning into a not-as-fun Jack. Kofi introduces himself to his cousins, explaining that he was cousin to Alefire Whitemane. Since Whitey died and gave his powers to the powers, he is kind of their kin. Adopted horses on one side, crazy homeless mutant kidnappers on the other. The Power Family reunion is just going to be awkward this year. As the kids help Kofi to his feet so they can start sneaking him home, Katie is dismissing Franklin as rudely as she can, saying that he is a baby and pointing out that dream powers won't do them any good. Tracked! Well, she didn't have to shoot him. No, that amazingly poor shot that passed right in front of Julie, Kofi, and Alex came from the giant flippin' snark that just crashed this little rescue party. Wait, this is Jackal. A high snark, supposedly the best of the best. How could he miss three kids at once with a surprise shot? Uh, he rolled a one on his attack and he has zero levels in rogue. Next time, spend karma for advantage, dude. The sand sneaky snark keeps his stunner set to stormtrooper and continues to fire wildly as Julie picks up Katie, who is quickly disintegrating a rock to power up. Alex degrabs Franklin and dives clear. Kofi teleports and Jack clouds. Kofi also warns the quintet of kids that this ain't your average lizard head. This is the high snark jackal who has studied the powers and has prepared special weapons for them. Like lasers that miss? 
More like a vacuum bomb, he ignites under a cloudy Jack, which then starts to suck him in. Jack solidifies and Julie grabs him just as the snark shoots one of those neurofiber pellets. Julie takes the hit and the bandages wrap around her face, causing her to be blind and start falling asleep as she flies around trees with Jack on her shoulder. She crashes into the ground as Katie fires a shot at Jackal. Shracked! Katie takes a moment to brag about her powers to Franklin. Alex tells her to knock it off and free Julie, to which Katie responds, That's what I'm doing, dumb brain. But in reality, it looks like she is just disintegrating a rock. Let's just call that an art kerfuffle and move on. The kids regroup and fly out of there, leaving Jackal angrily clutching Jack's skates. Jackal is pretty impressed with the power's power mastery, but he is just finding his inevitable victory that much sweeter due to the challenge. The super sextet fly around for a while, not thinking that they should return Franklin to the park they had just kidnapped him from. Nope, they sure don't. They actually go and hide beneath a water tower where Franklin and Kofi bond over the fact that their parents worry more about their work than them anyways. They see Jackal's ship and a beam of light coming out of it. Kofi lets them know that this is a tracker beam, keyed to identify and catch them. He also tells them Jackal's ship has a radar cloaking device and is loaded up with more weapons than an entire James Bond franchise, and it is better to avoid him. That's dumb. I'll power up and knock it out of the sky. As she reaches to disintegrate the leg of the water tower they are sitting under, Kofi stops her saying, Are you mad? You do not know the being you're dealing with. Jeez, Katie. Kofi is right. What is your deal? Chill out. Also, as an aside, don't disintegrate the support struts of the big heavy thing that you're hiding under. It will not end well. Finally, the ship flies off and the kids make it back to their house. In the meantime, Kofi fills them in on how he managed to escape and find Power Pack using a tracking beacon inside the chameleon coin that Katie has. He is embarrassed that he had to be rescued when he wanted to be the rescuer, but he thanks them all, especially Franklin, who he has no family ties to. Franklin admits that he was scared and almost didn't tell them. Chicken, we beat a ship full of them. I thought that too, before I faced Jackal. They shove Franklin and Kofi into the boys' closet, a la E.T., to hide them from their parents. As kidnappers normally do. They're not kidnappers. They just took a child they don't know away from the negligent supervision at a park, put him in a dangerous situation, then took him to an unspecified location for an unspecified amount of time, and then hid him away so the authority figures wouldn't find him. How exactly is that like kidnapping? That is literally the definition of kidnapping. Hey, you say tomato. I say kidnapping. A while later, Franklin has fallen asleep, but is having a special dream. Kofi wakes him up, and Franklin says that Jackal is coming after them, and that Jarvis is worried. Ha! <laughs> you think? But Franklin doesn't want to contact Jarvis because the Fantastic Four and Avengers are gone. And the kidnappers probably won't let him use the phone. And he doesn't want more people to get in trouble with his dream power. Kofi asks who the Fantastic Four are, and Franklin begins to tell him. He unzips his coat and shows his sweater when the closet door opens, and Alex shines a light right on the four-and-a-half symbol. Holy cow! You're Franklin Richards! Your parents are in the Fantastic Four? Wow! I can't believe it! What's so great about that? We cannot stress enough how much attitude Katie is showing in this issue. As the two captives... I mean, guests, are treated to some smuggled food. They discuss why the Fantastic Four are cool, but why Franklin's parents are not, and about how they can get in touch with Friday using the wreckage of Kofi's smart ship at the Statue of Liberty. Franklin does not like this idea, because he had a dream. Chomp! Katie interrupts him by reenacting a scene from Jaws, coming over her shoulder, and eating half the cupcake. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Rude. I wasn't going to tell it at all, but now I will. I dreamed Jackal caught us there. And it was all Katie's fault. And he's giving her the evilest eyes. Dun, dun, dun. 
The Super Six are soon soaring through the sky, circling the Statue of Liberty. Between Kofi and Franklin, they are able to narrow the location. Alex gives Franklin some advice. Katie is being a monster. If she hits you, hit her back. I hate Frank. Ever since he showed up, everybody's mad at me, and he had that mean dream too. I'm gonna make him take it back. Frank's smaller than you are, and he's been acting like a big boy while you've been a beastly spoiled brat. As the kids look out over the water and talk about their next move, this wonderful scene happens. Katie, sitting next to Franklin, pinches his bottom. Pinch! Franklin swings his legs, kicks Katie's foot. Kick! Katie raises her fist, but is stopped by Julie. Julie pulls Katie aside and, again, tells her to knock it off. They put on goggles and fly over the water. Katie powers up and the two young ladies dive into the water to look for the sunken craft. On shore, we get some interesting information. The Snark Emperor is dying, and the Queen Mother Maraud, whom the pack has fought before, wants to use the kids in the upcoming battle for the throne. Each Snark Queen hatches a high Snark, who is smarter and deadlier than the rest. When the battle ends, the winning Queen's high Snark becomes Emperor. This is known as the Snark Wars, and the fighting always spills over into other galaxies, with innocent lives being lost in this battle of succession. Luckily, Snarks are a long-lived species, so the Emperors don't die too often. You know, if more war shows worked this way, I'd probably watch them. Me too. Franklin's dream mapping is right on the money, and the girls find the downed craft in a jiffy. When they surface, Katie fires off a powerball to trigger the next part of their salvage mission. Alex and Kofi fly out, dive down, enter the derelict ship, remove the communications equipment, and all of them head back to shore. Pretty solid teamwork and a successful mission, really. Kofi ensures the recovered radio is working and starts broadcasting the encoded message out to Friday. They move up to sit on top of Lady Liberty's crown, because if you can fly, and it is night in New York, where else are you gonna wait for an alien craft? And guess what? What? Katie and Franklin are arguing. You don't say. I do say, but they finally stop when Katie sees a light. She's sure that light is Friday. Alex tells her that she does not know that, but Katie's insistent and starts to yell and wave her arms. Franklin, remembering the scene from his dreams, puts his hand over her mouth and tells her that this isn't Friday and to shut up. So... Crunch! She bites his fingers. Sigh. Wait, it gets worse. Oh no! Oh yes, oh yes. Franklin gets in a good I told you so as Jackal Ship swings around and catches the kids in a tractor beam, sucking them up into the ship. See, Katie, it was your fault. No, yours! You dreamed that dream and made me mad! Maybe we should just let Jackal have you both. Next issue, Snark Hunt. Dun, dun, dun! So, um, hey, guess... What time it is? It's Power Pack Packaging Time! <laughs> I like that. Thank you. That's actually great. That's, <laughs> good, that's a good little way of enjoying that. I like the little sing song of it, but that's cool. Power Pack Packaging Time is where we talk about the cover of the book because we here at Jeff and Rick Presents like to do things uh, backwards. <laughs> so, on, uh, on this cover, we have something that is kind of brand new. Um, in the entire run of the comic, we have never seen kind of this watercolor-esque, pastel, chalk-drawing type of uh, cover before. Yeah, it draws the eye because it is immensely different from uh, everything we've seen before. It's it's more of a, I want to say realistic, and I say realistic, recognizing that on the front we have uh, kind of a giant moon in the far background in the upper third, two-thirds of the book, this moon. In front of the moon is kind of a faded in snark with his mouth open giant and he's holding a gun and the gun's 
you know, getting some real good glints, glints, uh, some, uh, what is the, uh, JJ Abrams, uh, Oh, lens flare. Yeah. He's getting some real good lens <laughs> was, flare off. I was, was going to say sparkle, but lens, flare lens, is much lens, more lens flare. Yeah. And then in front of him, we have, uh, Kofi being kind of lifted up by Alex, who's degrabbed, and Alex is holding on to Franklin's hand as Franklin's kind of flying through the air wearing his four and a half sweater. But it's it's got kind of a realistic tone to mm-hmm. it. It's very, very cool. And this oh, it's is, a great cover. Yeah. And this is by June Brigman. This is a June Brigman original here. I really like it. This is this is one of these that this is representative, a very good representation. Oh, it is a great representation of, of the uh, of, of the uh, issue. Yeah, of what's going on in this issue. Mm-hmm. It, it of course the scene doesn't really happen like this but it's it's just all representative and it's got this kind of buck rogers kind of quality to it so i i love oh, this cover good. This it is, is a, great uh, yeah i love this cover too this is a highly rated cover for mm-hmm. me so very representative cover so good job good job and uh once again kind of repeating a theme from the last issue we talked about this one does not have all of power pack on it in fact it only has one member of the current power pack and that would be mr alex yep but you know it's got kofi and franklin who boiler uh they're gonna be hanging around a little while yep they're gonna be replacing a couple of uh lackluster uh, <laughs> power kids uh <laughs> the parents are gonna be really surprised when yeah, they is... kind of go uh, didn't we have two daughters and not three sons and a space horse? Yeah, this is the unknown part of Marvel uh, Universe history where they kind of <laughs> pulled a Jason Todd a la voting pool with, uh, you know, people calling in kind of saying which which power kid shouldn't make it. No, 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 no. They never did that. They, they, they've never killed off any of the power kids. Just, just saying. Yeah. But if they were going to get rid of a power kid, let's just talk about who they might get rid of from this issue. Oh, are we going to get to that that fast? <laughs> well, I'm just saying that Katie's on her way for Brad of the Year Award, and we thought Jack had a lock-in Jack, on that. Well, Jack was pretty solid. He was yeah. really solid. Everybody thought he had it. He was a he was shoe-in, but this dark horse came from the outside, and uh, she's, she's sniffing at his heels. I mean, I'd like to blame it all on Franklin. I think Franklin is a big part of why she's kind of got this crankiness on her. But the, it was starting beforehand. She, yeah. was, she was the butt of their joke while they were skating. She was upset about the skating stuff yes. because uh, you know, they're all skating well and she's like I can't keep up and I'm falling down yeah. and they're like Katie you suck yeah so she and Colin it's like you're a baby and you're not very good and so I mean even when should they go and get a hot dog the hot dog guy's like careful with your hot dog you're looking a little wobbly on your pins and she's like I am not and then she falls on her doofus <laughs> yeah and drops a ketchup covered hot dog all over her yeah so it really did start I think she was just upset because she was having trouble she was primed yeah and then oh let's introduce a younger more currently useful character that's coming and giving you know it's like just mr plot who's giving all the information well he comes across he's a good you know comes across as a good kid he's got some information the information pays off yes the kofi's out there and then you know to endear him to jack he's the son of the fantastic four oh my gosh yeah Yeah. so you 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 know he's winning the rest of the power kids hearts and minds at this point. oh really well yeah well because yeah again like you were saying he was a good kid he came in with information the he was even keeping his identity sacred he didn't come in going hey i'm franklin richards i'm kind of a big deal maybe you've heard of everybody that i'm related to (laughs) maybe you heard of me (laughs) yeah maybe you heard of me kind of a big deal Here's my business card. <laughs> yeah. It's just a card that has four and a half on it. Yeah, I think you know. I think you, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. so it's a, yeah, so he wasn't going in with any intention of trying to endear himself. He was like, he, honestly, he was like, I don't even want to get involved with this because it's going to be scary. And then he's like, I need to get involved enough just to send him on the path. Right. And then he, he's like, okay, I need to just continue on this path with him. And then he was trapped on the path with him. But, so. Yeah, well, that's because he was kidnapped. 
You could argue that. <laughs> he voluntarily left his uh, support structure. His, his assigned guardian. His assigned guardian. <laughs> and then went on a dangerous uh, laser shooting filled adventure. You know, I was going to bring this up later, but we just kind of walked right into this. Yeah, let, let's just talk a little bit about Jarvis here. Jarvis loses a four year old at a playground. <laughs> Jarvis loses a four-year-old <laughs> yes, at a playground. Yes, now, yes. now, on a normal day, on a normal day, four-year-old kid goes missing on a playground. Yeah. Oh, dear God, uh-huh. get out all the police, you know, Amber, well, especially today, Amber Alert, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, this ain't no ordinary four-year-old. Yeah. This is a four-year-old who's the son of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, basically. Who's living at the Avengers Mansion. Yeah, the most famous four-year-old you will ever uh, probably not get to meet get yeah. to meet because he doesn't get out a lot. Jarvis works for the Avengers. Yeah. They did say the Avengers and Fantastic Four are both gone. Still, uh, why ain't Nick Fury out on this? I mean, mm-hmm. I there is a back roster of Avengers, even at this time. Dear God, get West Coast out here. I mean, yeah. for God's sakes, man. Yeah, send Hawkeye out on the deal. I Seriously. Hockey, Hawk, Hawkeye and Tigra and Iron Man. Call up Daredevil. And, call up yeah. Power Man and Iron Fist. I mean, Power Man's in the phone book. Okay? Yeah, they could, he could literally hire some yeah, heroes. Yeah, he could hire some heroes here. Dear God, Jarvis. Why has the National Guard not been called out to find Franklin Richards? Uh, well, he called all of them, and, and uh, like Nick Fury was all, uh, has Franklin been missing for uh, 24 hours yet? This is Reed Richards' son. <laughs> 24 hours, call me back, click. <laughs> or, you know, seriously, uh, Reed Richards, the smartest man in the world. <laughs> Actually, here's what would happen. It I, would be, uh, Nick Fury would just be like, you want me to send a life model decoy out for him? <laughs> just, just cover it all up. <laughs> You wouldn't even have to like. You wouldn't have to do anything. I'll just send a, a LMD, and he'll have bedtime and brush his own teeth. It'll be great. Here's my question, uh, Reed Richards, smartest man in the world. Why did he never chip Franklin Richards? Oh, he probably has multiple times and forgotten about it, or never told anybody. <sighs> Hey, I, I do want to bring up somebody else, though. I do want to talk a little bit about somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you about a guy who's got a... He had a real deep voice and white, pearly teeth. And his shoes was always shining. Long, slender fingers manicured perfectly. I'm talking about the jackal. <laughs> <laughs> Been watching West Wing again, haven't you? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I ain't talking about the Ronnie Jordan song. I'm talking about... Were. Yes, I am. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I mean, come on. I know. CJ, it's a great, it's a great CJ time. CJ Craig doing yep. the, doing lip syncing the jackal. Doing the jackal. Jackal. Mm-hmm. Hi, life. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that's a deep, deep cut there. So the jackal, though. High snark jackal. Mm-hmm. We got a good villain. Yeah, he's competent. He's a competent villain. Mm-hmm. He came prepared. Yeah. He, he came to hunt these kids down. Now, I do have issues with him, like, completely failing on his sneak attack. Yeah, there yeah, was that. But, you um, know. Let's just say that wasn't a stunner, and it was an actual laser, so he was perp- purposefully missing and trying to scare them or trying to herd them in a direction. Found the kids, spring the trap, come on. Yeah. 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 But besides that, I mean, he's scary looking, he's got a bunch of equipment, um, uh, uh, he's kind of smart, you know, he was able to find the kids there. I like seeing a competent villain that the, oh, yeah. the kids go up against. He's nicely arrogant as well. Yes. 
He's he's just arrogant enough. Yeah, he's great that way where he's all like, oh, these children have mastery of their powers. I haven't seen other uh, chameleons use. Excellent. Good. A challenge. A challenge. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about this run. I'm very happy to have him here. And I'm glad that we got some more of the space stuff back. Oh, and yeah. I like the kids dealing with everyday stuff, but mm-hmm. they were the, the powers were born in space. I like bringing more of the space element back. Yeah. It's nice to see it back. And it's nice to have some more of the Snark in here. It's great to have Snarks back. It is great to... Also, just the, uh, again, the daily, daily, day in, day out, using their powers while they're skating. Yes. Fantastic. Love that. Yeah. Really neat. Showing the fact that, yeah, these are kids, and it doesn't mean that they're masters of everything. Some of the kids, yeah, really good at skating. Katie, not so much. But then but, again, she's really young, so it makes sense. But the kids, I mean, they're skating in Central yeah. Park, using their powers, uh, having some hot dogs. Yeah. Just being kids on a summer day. Uh-huh. Loving that. Yep, Love yep, yep. that. And... We finally get Franklin Richards. He's here. Yeah, there's been a, some foreshadowing in a couple of different uh, yes. episodes. So, I mean, or issues of, of comics, now, the ones I, and two pages things. Yeah. Now, I will say, you know, like we we said, Franklin Richards, he's going to be around for a while. I mean, we're not going to not going to sugarcoat this alive for you. If you're following along, we are going to see Franklin Richards a lot. He's, I'm fine with that. He's going to be around. He's mm-hmm. he kind of gets into power pack here. It's I'm going to say that ahead of time. When I read this as a kid, Franklin Richards was not one of my favorites. Okay. But the more I've grown up, the more I kind of like his introduction into the mm-hmm. group. And I'm kind of curious to see how it goes forward. Just going ahead and kind of seeing some of the issues and kind of reminding myself what they're like. I remember how kind of cool and how much he fits into the daily kind of grind of it all. Oh, yeah. Of, of the kids and how it's a nice out for the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> let somebody else raise your kids. Yeah, That's, uh... who's, who's got four other kids? What's yeah. another one? Yeah, what's eh? a fifth? They probably, yeah, it, another blonde kid with blue and, eyes running around. And the to powers every, won't notice. And to everybody's knowledge, four normal kids that will keep him out of trouble. Grounded, having a normal life. Realizing what it's like not to be around the super scientists and the Doctor Dooms and the space faring everything. Yeah, it would just be like go over to Maggie and Jim's place, hang out with your friends, have a sleepover. Nothing bad yeah. will happen. Yeah. Eat a bunch of cupcakes, watch a scary movie, <laughs> have fun. Just have a childhood that we can't give you. So yeah, it's this is yeah, the the perfect out for him. Um I'd like to lead into my library card by saying that on the letter page, there's a mm-hmm. couple things. Yep. First one is, somebody asks, why does Alex say G? Yeah, the response to that uh, that Carl Potts gives is great. And it was very much, because the person writing is like, why does he say G? It's old-fashioned. Why doesn't he say something like, wow, or great, or mm. cool, or something like that? Something more current and timely. And Carl Potts' response is fantastic, because it is, he goes, uh, Alex is kind of an old soul. He's got, okay. a, he's got an old spirit, so he says G. Yeah, he's an old soul. Old yeah, bo- and An old boring soul. Yeah, I'm totally <laughs> down with that. I'm just like, that is a great reason. Why? It's a great it's like, reason. like, why does he say that? And you know, it's he probably picked it up from his dad yeah when his dad was trying you know it's just like and he does swear gotta just say g and he (laughs) does think the world of his dad as well so the second thing i saw on the letter page was i was guessing way back on issue number 11 uh with the book that alex bought with all of his money oh yeah underground book i was guessing on it i i made an assumption of what i thought the book was you made a good assumption and i made a good assumption i apparently was right because somebody else a contributor pointed out that it was underground by David McCauley. Yep. And fantastic. Great. Uh, it was a great book. Yeah. It was something that was that other people knew exactly what it was at mm-hmm. the time. So I kind of felt good about that. <laughs> yeah. You got a little justification in <laughs> your justification. Yeah. It was yeah. great. There is no real literature in that that's been really mentioned. It's Hot you, dogs. Yeah. You, 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 <laughs> you saw some books on uh, the, the uh, bedstand 
of uh, Franklin's bed at the Avengers mm-hmm. Mansion, oh, okay. but you couldn't see any titles. No, they were just the shape of right. books. I wanted to point out two film references instead, and I'll tie this in, because I think it's pretty interesting, and I think it's very poignant to the story. Star Wars and E.T., they both were referenced in here, and they both were really part of some of the storytelling aspects of the book. I mean, Franklin was using an X-Wing and a TIE Fighter and the Star Wars poster in his room, and he was using those two vehicles to kind of display what the space battle was that he saw. Uh, the kids were hidden in the closet, like E.T. I think they even mentioned E.T. Mm-hmm. They, they, they mentioned, yeah, uh, in the movie E.T., they had a bigger closet. So Yeah, it was Julie. She goes, uh, here, hide in the closet. It worked for the kids in E.T. And Jack's response is, they had a bigger closet. Yeah. There are some similarities because of a lot of things in here. I mean, you have an alien falling down to Earth, Mm-hmm. Like E.T., the kids hide in the closet, like E.T. Uh, Star Wars, you know, you've got the kid who's yeah. being left at home while his parents go off and he wants to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, th- there's a lot of good allusions and similarities to these two franchises, but not for the reasons that you might think. Of course, they're the pieces that I just talked about, about the spaceships and aliens and hiding in the closet. But I think there's also something else that's a little more interesting. Both Franklin and Kofi have parent issues. Franklin's parents are always running off and leaving this poor kid. They're always in danger and putting him in danger. The reason we see him at the Avengers now and with Power Pack in the future is that his parents just leave. His parents leave him a lot. And we like to make jokes of that. But Kofi's in a similar story. His father is a diplomat. And there's a vague explanation that Kofi and his father just do not communicate or talk at all. So we've got absent parents or fathers. And that's a strong theme of this story. And it's also a strong theme in both E.T. and Star Wars. Star Wars, Luke wants to adventure. And it is said that he was... He's got too much of his father in him. He's being raised by his aunt and uncle, and he does not have his parents. I mean, in this case, we see Franklin. He's getting foistered off onto the the Avengers here and and Jarvis. And this constantly happens with Franklin in a lot of the Fantastic Four comics. In E.T., Elliot and his two siblings are being raised by their single mother. In this case, the absent parents makes the children have more independence. In the film, they also use this dynamic to show the fear that these kids have of other adults as well, only trusting in their mother and other kids. You see kind of both these things reflected in how Kofi and Franklin deal with other people as well. You know, Franklin, he's actually probably deals well with a lot of adults because he always sees adults. Mm -hmm. He probably doesn't see too many kids, but still, there's the idea that here's your peers. Here's who you can actually get along with. Plus, it is very, very well known that Steven Spielberg, a lot of his movies really deal with father issues and and absent fathers. And he made E.T. kind of as an a call out to the divorce that he had to deal with when he was younger of his parents. Hmm. So there's a lot of really good allusions that are here. And I think it's very telling that Louise Simonson tied in these two movies beyond some of the obvious ones, but she tied this into the tale of two boys who are just missing their families. Yeah. What do you think? I didn't pick up on that, but that is actually, I was, you know, I, that was a really good observation because I was kind of very much the surface observation of he's got Star Wars is a thing and everybody yeah. likes that. So, yeah, posters and toys. Okay, great. E.T., yeah, hiding in the closet. So, yeah, I was, I was a lot less on the uh, going deep on that. But, yeah, that is, uh, I think that's, yeah. Good job, I, Smart, I, I, Smarty Rick. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, I, I just think that there's. It's interesting to go another level down and to see. I, I don't know how much she meant for that to be in there, but it's something I kind of saw as a real good parallel, and I, I think it's very interesting. I, I'd be surprised if she didn't do that on purpose. It might be on purpose, but that's one of the things that we've noticed throughout the uh, you know the sixteen issues that we've gone through so far is that there's a lot of things where they deal with, and you go, oh, and you go, okay, that's very surface, and then you start looking at it, you start thinking about it. And you're all, you know, there's more to this. Yeah. And I don't know if that was the intention or not. If they were just kind of like, oh, I got these stories. I'm kicking them out. And then we're just 
adding the gravitas to it, or if uh, if she actually kind of had that in her own mind. If, I don't know. I, yeah, that'd be, whether, that'd be great to ask her and yes, find out. Yes, it would be. You know I, what else would be great to ask her and find out? How to pronounce people's names. Yeah. We need a pronunciation yeah. guide for a lot of these, because we're kind of best guessing And, and we're going to say it right here and right now. We are guessing that it's Kofi. It might be coffee. It, it might be something it else. It might be something else. But, but we're going to go ahead and go with Kofi, because, well, it sounds a little alien. It's kind of cool. So, yeah. and, and for those of you that are not seeing the printed word, it's K-O-F-I. Mm-hmm. We're trying our best, folks. Yep. Jackal's easy. Jackal is pretty easy. You know what else is easy? Frank Science Corner. Franklin Corner? Science Corner. Science Corner was Science actually, Corner is yeah, easy. Frank, Science Corner is super easy because you just have to introduce it. I just did. <laughs> and I still surprised you on yeah. it. Yeah, Science Corner is not as easy for me as you might think. I was having a hard couple of weeks trying to get to get to the script this week. But we do have some science. In this issue, Kofi says that Jackal Ship has a radar cloaking device, so let's talk about how to make yourself invisible to radar. In the modern era, we have a number of methods to do this. One way is to make your aircraft have sharp edges and flat panels called facets. An aircraft made with faceted surfaces could have a very low radar signature because the surfaces would radiate almost all of the radar energy away from the receiver. Another way is to have your aircraft covered with the radiation absorbent material. The way that this works is that it will convert the radar energy into heat. The heat is then transferred to the aircraft and dissipated. Now, I don't think the Jackal ship has either of these, as snark designs are pretty curvy with pods hanging off of them, and their color palette is as far from stealth black as one could imagine, since it is a shiny orange. So my assumption is that his ship has a virtual cloaking device, which uses an artificial intelligence that can sense radar signals and immediately generate the waveforms to effectively jam them using radio frequencies. So, while you can see his ship, it would be effectively invisible to electronic measures. And that is this episode's Science Corner. The more you know. Do, 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 do. <laughs> On that note, let us move into the final thought realm of space. Refrigerator <laughs> gallery moment, my friend. What piece of artwork in this book needs to be on the family refrigerator? Okay, I have two jokes this time. I have one. Okay, uh, so I will start with my backup joke, which is on page 11. Page 11. It is the top of the page, and I call it Pikachu. I choose you. And it is <laughs> it is a picture of Jackal throwing his vacuum bomb. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I yep. just saw that, and I'm like, oh, he's throwing a Pokeball. And uh, I think there was even a part in the script where I was going to push in where it's like, oh, you know what's happening here? Yeah, he's challenging the Elite Four to get to the uh, Pokemon Master. <laughs> I never put that in, but that's... Good. No, I like that one. I, I, I got it. I got it. I okay, got it. That's my backup joke one. What's your joke? My joke one is on page eight. And I think that this is the classic comedy moment because we have... This nice panel at the bottom with all four kids skating off. Mm -hmm. Well, three of them are skating off in like perfect (laughs) unison. I mean, we are talking synchronized skating. Yep. And And, eating. And eating. Synchronized skating and eating. All three of them have the hot dogs in their mouth. They're all like one hand back. They're all, you know, skating forward. The fourth member of this team is falling backwards, hot dog up in the air with a... Yikes! Yep. Yeah, she's yiked it up. She yeah, her hot dog then rains down ketchup and dog all Katie over. Katie falling. Yep, again. That's uh, like three times in this skate fest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your other comedy, my friend. My first place joke is on page twelve. 
It's in the bottom left-hand corner, and I call it, You Forgot Your Skates! I was trying to find a way to put some kind of joke about this in here, and all it was was, is, is Jackal's, Jackal's holding up uh, Jack's skates, and I was like, Come back here! I'll, and I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you lousy kids. Yeah, it's Jackal down in the bottom of the panel, looking up at the flying away uh, power kids, holding Jack's skates, just like, Yeah, just angry at it cracked me up. Yeah, it's that one's good too. I like that. One. <laughs> My backup selection. I like how we start off with top and backup, and now we have comedy and comedy backup. Yeah. I mean, what, this yeah. is getting ridiculous. Well, I'm starting to see stuff that just makes me laugh. No, that's more, okay. So. so my backup one is on page 16. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this almost is a comedy in of itself, but I just, I love this picture. This is as Franklin and Kofi are being fed, mm-hmm. and Franklin's trying to say, no, we can't go to the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I just dreamed. And from over his shoulder <laughs> is Katie, just coming like land shark over his shoulder and eating this cupcake that Fr- yeah. poor Franklin's holding. And there's a big chomp. And he screams out, my cupcake. <laughs> did you name this one, my cupcake? No, I named it chomp. <laughs> <laughs> It is a great image. It's a great image. There is a ton of amazing art in this one. Yeah. There is a lot June Brigman, of really good art. I, I know from our from kind of our conversations and kind of seeing what's going coming up soon is we are narrowing in on June Brigman's last uh, issue with, yes, with uh, doing Power Pack. And I think about this point in time, from, especially from our conversation with her, she was running out of steam. She had yeah. never done a monthly uh, feature before. She was really struggling. So Bob Wycheck helped her on some of the art on this. I don't know where one star and one no. stops. I, I know there's some lines that are a little bit different from what she does, but it works together in a really nice way. Yeah, and I, and I, I like, job. I just like how they all work together. All all their drawing works together and. I think it's there's some good stuff in here. There is, and it still it dates the comic because you get the uh, scaffolding around the Statue of Liberty, yep. which we had talked about in yes. the previous episode. And hey, there's the twin towers. Looking at them right there. So yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your uh, backup one? My backup is on page 15, and I call it Spotlight. Yep. Yep. Okay. And that, yep. yep. That is a it's a center right, and it is Kofi and Franklin in the closet, and it's dark in there. But the kids have just opened it up, and so they got a flashlight shining on them. So you're looking. It is a black and white and yellow coloration, and it just looks fantastic because it's just a spotlight shining on them, and they're kind of like covering up their eyes. And it, so it's all it's you all the play of shadow. light. Yeah. yeah, it's all the play of light and shadow. It's yeah. fantastic. I, and I like I kind of like the follow up picture where like you see it from the other side, and yep. like they're looking in, and Franklin's got his, his shirt open, and the flashlight beam is just lighting yeah. up the. Four Four and a half on yep. his chest, and that's where it's like, oh. you're Franklin Richards. Yeah, yeah. You're not Franklin yeah. or Frankie or Frank. You're Franklin. So let's go on the top one, and I I don't know. I think we may have different ones for the best ones. We will see. I'm going to say that we're going to have a different. Okay. I'm going to go page 17. 17. Got to find it. And I'm kind of stealing from what we did before uh, during the baseball one. Mm-hmm. With It's not one panel, but it's a series uh, of panels. I know what you're doing. Because... I love these panels. It's the three panels where you have Franklin and Katie sitting next to each other. And it starts off with her pinching him in the butt, followed by him kicking her his feet. And then the bottom one with her, her fist raised. Yeah, she's, that that yeah. series of four panels, the top three and then the last panel. And, and there's a look on Franklin's face like... Yeah, I've done a good thing. Yeah, when he gets pinched, it, he has that like... Ah. Ah. But then he's all... Oh, okay. okay. And then that third he's, panel is kind of like the, I'm getting away with it. And he's, the fourth he's, is... He's taking in what Alex told yeah. him of hit her back. Yeah, and <laughs> it, that's great because he's just like, he's happy with himself too. Well, and, and I got, I don't condone kids hitting each other, but let me tell you, 
there are times when you got to do something to stop the bully from whatever they're doing. Uh-huh. Right now, Katie is being a bully, and Franklin is just giving back as good as he gets. Oh, yeah. He's doing and, great. And and I, I it's the, just the kick. It's like, okay, you do that. I'm going to do this. Yeah. It's where's, also, where's it going to end? It's a super kid thing to oh, yeah. do. You know, it's the whole, he's touching me. No, I'm not. You know, it's all of that. In mm. fact, even later on, they're like, she shoved me. No, I didn't. He pulled my hair. No, yeah. he didn't. You know, kind of thing. And it's like, so it is a super kid thing. So it is, it's great just to see them where they're like, they're in a very serious uh, situation. They're, they're in, <laughs> and they are they imperiled. Are, and, and they are messing with each yeah, other. And they are messing with each other. <laughs> What's your top one? My top one is on page 21. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And it is in the bottom right-hand corner. And I call it Tears of Rage. And uh, it's similar to my uh, previous one, which is Spotlight, because this is just, it is Katie glowing in the dark. So it is just yellow glowing Katie and black background, tears streaming out of her eyes. And she's yelling uh, at Franklin after he was like covering up her mouth and saying, that's not Friday. You got to be quiet. And she's just like, leave me alone, you doo-doo head. But it ju- it's just a great looking picture because it is it encapsulates that just that childhood rage where they can just go on you know a yeah. dime and just be like Rah! and tears and everything mm-hmm. and so I'm just like first of all I thought again lots of great art in this episode mm-hmm. issue but I just really like that no that's a good one I mm-hmm. like that one too that's 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 a good good choice good good choice and I think we might see this again uh, more uh, crying angry no 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 I think we're gonna see this panel again oh <laughs> spoilers for because Rubber and glue. Because we're talking rubber and glue moment. <laughs> what is the best or most childish insult? And uh, let's see if any of these ones are going to be duplicated. You started last time. I'll start this time. There's a lot in this There's one. a lot of insults so going on. I do have two backups on this one. Oh. <laughs> oh no, I've got three backups on this Whoa. one. Oh, okay. Well, then you need to do... Yeah, let me... You do. You just, you just roll with it, baby. All right. Page nine. And we got Katie. This is uh, the first meeting of her and Franklin, and <laughs> it's already starting off bad. Yeah. Because she calls him a... Dumb baby. That's the start. <laughs> so, dumb baby. Yeah, these are probably going to all be Katie lines, aren't they? <laughs> I, no, I got one Julie line in here. Ooh, yeah. I know uh, which one it is. Yeah, is that on your list? No. Okay. My other back one is page six. Oh, you might have my first. I might have your first on this yep. one? All right. Well, page six. So uh, this is right before Alex does a flip. This is right after Julie catches Katie from falling using her powers. And Jack says, Right now, you're just another clumsy little kid on wheels. And Katie responds, My power is better than your stupid cloud power, pig nose. Pig nose. That's my number one. Pig nose. Pig nose. I just like the fact that she's ragging on his powers, too. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, I like that. Pig nose is good. Oh, but it's great. That's still not my number one. It's That was my number one. Yeah. Just because it was uh, burning on Jack, uh, making fun of his cloud, and pig nose. Uh, do you have a, a backup one? I do have a backup one. My backup is on page 12. Page 12. And surprisingly, it's a Katie line. <laughs> it's on the weird art panel that I even noticed when yeah, I was a kid. Because, yeah. uh, you know, it, it was, it's uh, you know, l- lower top, and it's Alex telling um, Katie, it's like, disintegrate the, you know, the neurowebbing off of Julie. And she's like, and she says, That's what I'm doing, dumb brain. Yes. So I love dumb brain. But, but uh, uh, yeah, what she's disintegrating is... 
as a floating rock because yeah. they didn't they didn't draw in the rest of Julie's body, yeah. and so you just see this kind of floating thing. Yeah, it's yeah. A so it's drop. it is the neurofiber thing. Looking at it, it kind of has some webbing on it, but mm-hmm. yeah. And there, in fact, there's on the bottom of this rock, there's even kind of a like a little like shoulder curve. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just kind of forgot the rest of the body. They forgot the rest of Julie, but we will not forget the rest no, of Julie. No, we never forget Julie because if we turn hymnals to page seventeen. <laughs> we get a Julie line, and it's a Julie line to Katie mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. There's, yeah, there was a lot of ones where I'm like, I really like all of them, but I'm picking these. Yeah, yeah. but and she's giving her a dressing down, saying, "Stop being such a brat to to uh, Franklin. He's being a big boy. Well, you've been a beastly spoiled brat." There's a little bit of British in her. (laughs) (laughs) She's been watching a lot of uh, PBS. Yes, yes, yes. Masterpiece Theater. And then uh, going back to your number one panel. Yeah. I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go to my number one insult, which is. Leave me alone, you doo-doo head. (laughs) Because there's nothing, nothing more childish than calling somebody a A doo-doo head. doo-doo head. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, this one was filled with amazing art and uh, really good burns. Yes, yes, yes. Or rubber and glue moments, as we call them. Yes, there there were stars and detentions all around. Yes, there was. Now, I am going to flip the script script on this one. I am going to do the best kid first, because... It won't be a surprise. Because the worst kid is not going to be a surprise. But let's talk about who the best kid is first. We're going to flip it up a bit. Okay. Who do you have for best? Julie. Really? Yeah, Julie. Uh, it, it was all the kids were pretty great. I can't pick Franklin because we're just doing it of the four kids. Because Franklin was fantastic because he. Uh, you're, I'm, I'm you're gonna I, pick. You're gonna pick Franklin. I picked Franklin. You? Okay, well then I would have picked Franklin except I'm going for the core four. Okay. So Franklin, obviously, obviously okay. the good kid is Franklin. Uh, but of the core four, it's Julie. Okay. And that was because she caught Katie from falling on her skates. She told, you know, when Jack was getting sucked into the, the vacuum bomb, she's like, go solid. And then she's shooting at something at you. I'll save you. And so she get like saves him. Uh, when they take Kofi back to their place, Jack runs out with the first aid kit, but it's Julie that patches him up. Okay. It's just, uh, she was, she was a very support, but she was also calling Katie on her actions where it's just like, you are the one that fault here. Yeah. Stop blaming Franklin. He hasn't done anything wrong. This is you. Yeah. So you know, I, I really I really like Julie in this. Even though, again, she was very support structure. She yeah. was very support network. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and play by the rules. Okay. Because um, I would I would say Franklin, too. Yeah. I think Franklin did an amazing job this issue. Yeah, it was all but, about Franklin. But let's... He's not officially part of the team yet. Correct. So him and Kofi are not officially part mm-hmm. of the team yet. So we will not use them this round. Next issue, we can probably say, okay... They're part of the team. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and go with you on Julie. I completely agree. I think that Jack did a fine job. Probably would be a runner-up. Jack was Jack. Yeah, Uh, Jack was Jack, but he didn't... It was was also funny uh, with, like, him clouding up in the park when they're skating and Julie yelling at him and he's like no I'm I'm just kind of he's like I'm covering, I'm covering. for you guys and yeah. he did his and he did some cool things with his powers too I mean oh, yeah. the, the clouding out of his skates and clouding back into oh, his skates yeah. that was cool there I was, was like there, that, that, there was a scene in there that I was like god this is really on my top for the good art yeah because, and it was it was just after he had clouded it out because it was a great looking panel but also if you notice it's like Julie's got his coat yeah. like before it hit the ground and it shows the, the you know the movement lines where his skates are rolling towards yeah. the front of yeah. the panel it's just like that's cool yeah, that, I think he did some. I think he did some great stuff. Yeah, I think that um, Alex was. Yeah, he just, Alex was, he was fine too. He was fine. He yeah. was just kind of there this time. He wasn't yeah, bad, but he wasn't he, bad. Yeah. There's just nothing really stood out for him. Yeah. But you know. Oh well, uh, Kofi actually did compliment him on his wings. <laughs> yes, he did for uh, for flying and gliding. Because he said that none of his friends who have gra- 
gravity powers had thought of doing that. Yes, yes, yes. So, so he got a good compliment there. Mm-hmm. He got good, but I'm willing to go with Julia as well. I think yep. that Julia did a great job as well. And notice that when we're talking, heaping all this praise on everybody. I mean, we're oh, heaping, everybody that we're was kind there. of even I saying mean, we're kind of even Franklin saying was great. Kofi, Kofi was Kofi great. Was good. Kofi, Alex he, was pretty good. He's like I was Julie trying to, I was trying to rescue you guys, but you know, I, I kind of feel bad. I yeah. mean, I wasn't able to rescue you guys, but I'm here to warn you. And oh God, here and giving them a lot of exposition. You know, Kofi yeah. did a good job. Yeah. Franklin did a good job. Everybody did a good job. Mm, not everybody, <laughs> save for one. How you doing there, Katie? Hi, Katie. Here's your sign. Yeah, you need Mm. to uh, come in on Saturdays for the next month and stay after school and clean desks because you're in detention. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. she... Uh. I, I could understand how she might be having a rough... I mean, we all have rough days. I no. was having one a little bit earlier where I was just like, I can't take anything right now. I need to be left alone. Now, I'm not. I'm going to say this, though. I, at the same time, as as much as she was the worst kid in this issue, mm-hmm. I kind of like how they, they had her. I, oh, I, yeah. I mean, you can definitely see the fact that she is... She's suffering from the, I'm the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. Here's my spot. Here comes an interloper taking my spot. Yeah. I completely go with why she's doing this. Oh, I could get I'm not going to... I'm not going to give her any pass on it. No. But they made her the bad kid in this. Yeah. She is filling that role. She's filling that, filling that role very well. Mm-hmm. We can't let it go. She gets the worst yeah, of this was, issue. Yeah, yeah, but again, you know, it's probably she's experiencing what Jack probably experienced, which Julie probably experienced, yeah. and probably Alex experienced. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that, that next generation that comes down the line is always going to be the cuter and younger and got something more special going for them. Yep. Katie. Uh... No G's. So zero G's. You can find that in space, which uh, Kofi was in when he traveled <laughs> here. Uh, the G average is still dropping. It is 1.69, which is a race car from zero to 100 miles per hour in about four seconds. That's about that many G's. And then the G total uh, still stands at 27, as it has for uh, the past three issues. The only G we really talked about was the was somebody asking why Alex says G. Yeah, and that was yeah. The, uh, his name gets said a lot. Yes, but he hasn't been saying his catchphrase. Top grades. Where do we believe this issue should rank in all of our issues? I like this issue a lot. I do too. So uh, l- once again, we have at number one, we have Power Pack number four, Rescue. That's still at the top of the list. And at the bottom, we have Power Pack number six, the first issue of the Dragon Man story arc, Secrets. That is our ranking. So out of 16 stories that we are talking about right now, where does our number 17 come in at... So, we really like this issue a lot, so we're talking about them dealing with snarks and space, and um, we've got Power Play, issue number one, mm-hmm. which currently resides at... Fifth place. Fifth place. Yep. So, do we feel it's better than Power Play 1, than Power Play? I honestly think it is just below Power Play. I think it should be in spot six, so it should uh, replace Fireworks, which was uh, issue number 13, which dealt with baseball, mm-hmm. which was a great issue. Great issue. Really nice issue. Yeah, but I, um, I like this one a little bit better than that, but uh, number one still holds a place in my heart. Yeah, I'm just, I was I was looking there just because uh, that's Rescue and Kidnapped are, are the higher ones that mm-hmm. also deal with the Snarks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I could go with that. Okay. Um, Do you have a different place you think it should fit, or I was just kind of going up the list a bit and seeing kind of readability was. I, I, you know, I kind of feel it might be a little bit higher, and I'm willing to kind of say 
I think that around number one is correct because it's very much like number one where... Issue number one. Yeah, yeah issue number one because it's introducing something. Mm-hmm. It's introducing something, something very interesting. Um, it's well, introducing, it introduced uh, two new Power Pack members. Yep, two new Power Pack members. Uh, yeah, it and, recon- and it's introducing the uh, Snark Wars. Yes, Snark Wars. So there's a lot that's in there. Power Play is good. I... I actually would would argue that it might be above power play. I think that this is pretty good, pretty solid issue. Um, I think that I think it's a lot cleaner than power play. I mean, first issue mm-hmm. they're still yeah. trying to work things Find out. That's, that's true. But I think that this is cleaner. I think it's got some good storylines in there. I think it's got a lot of good themes, and mm-hmm. I think that there's some other. St- I, I think. I would argue that's actually buff. Okay. I am willing to uh, concede that. Okay. Uh, so you want to put it as the new fifth? I'm going to say we put it as a new fifth. Okay. Speaking of space goats, <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, four bottles. We have managed to, uh, even with the absence of G's, we have managed to both get through a bottle each. Yeah, I'm not of, into my second. Oh, Rick is as well. Yep. Yeah. Of space goat pale ale and i am still enjoying this yeah beer. i'm liking this uh, mm-hmm. it's yeah i think both of us right off the bat we're like oh let's start the episode and oh let's try the beer and then it's like mm-hmm. we need to start reading drink 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 I, it, drink 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 it definitely has some hop hits i mean it's got an ibu of 40 yeah so i'm still getting the the hoppiness in there but it is not oppressive no. i think it's very tasty yeah it is i've been enjoying it quite a little bit yeah. it, and again like you were saying yeah it is not that standard just bitter hearty yeah, kind of flavor that right. I'm not a big fan of. So this is a decent beer. Yeah. I'll start the bidding off at, um, I would, for a pale ale, I would really consider this about a four? Yep. Yeah, four. I'm going to go four on this I'm one. I'm holding four when you're like, you know, for a pale ale, I'm thinking, yeah, four. Four. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, four of them. We, we will say four. Yep. Congratulations, Space Goat. <laughs> you. Coast to coast. <laughs> Bad. (laughs) Well, now that we've looked at the beer, let's look at a kid's perspective. And that's where we ask questions to Rick's daughter, Carrie, who used to be seven and is now eight. And we get her opinion on the book. So, Rick, would you do us the honor of talking to your daughter for a little bit and seeing what she thinks about it? Take it away, guys. Hi, Carrie. How you doing? Good. You have some questions for me. Yep. What questions? So, why is Alex... And only Alex, Franklin, and uh, Kofi. Why are they on, the only ones? Oh, and the star, Snark. They're on the rings of the Saturn. Saturn of one of those. Yeah, they're yeah, on the rings. I guess that looks like Saturn. Okay. Why are they the only ones? I mean, shouldn't there be Julie, Katie, Jack? That is a good question. And it probably has to do with... It's probably the artist's choice. The artist made the choice about who she's going to have on the cover, and she made a decision that she was only going to have Alex and uh, Kofi and Franklin. Okay. Um, also, the art's kind of different on the cover. Do you like it? Yeah, it's new. What, do you, what does it make you think of? Well, Alex's face looks real. Yeah. Franklin's face looks more light. Yeah. And Kofi, he's just... It looks a little bit darker, right? Yeah. But it looks more realistic. Yeah. Kind of a bit of a watercolor type painting. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool though, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we liked that one too. We liked it a lot. So, what about the story itself? What do you think of the story? Um, I kind of liked it. Kind of liked it? Is it better or worse than the last one you read? I think it's kind of worst. Why do you think it's worse? Why does Katie have to not like Franklin? Ah. So, you don't like the story because... Um, Katie's acting a little different? Yeah. 
tell me what you think about how Katie's acting. What is she acting like? She's acting like she's a baby whining. Yeah, she's acting like she's a baby, a little bit like a brat, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why do you think she's acting like that? Because she used to be the youngest. Uh Uh-huh. Do you think Franklin would be in the next comic? Yes. I will tell you right now that Franklin is going to be in a lot of the rest of the comics. He's going to kind of be a part of Power Pack from here on out. So once we're somewhere in the 20, he's still going to be there? Yeah. Yeah. He'll still be around. (laughs) Do you not like Franklin? I don't like how Katie's jealous of him. And I don't like that mean saying that that Alec that somebody said it was probably Alex. He said, "If Katie, if Katie um kicks you or something like that, if Katie hits you, hit her back." Yeah, you don't like like that? that? No. Why not? You should know because it obviously says that not nice. Oh, it's not nice. Okay, the reason why is that he doesn't want Franklin to be walked over or walked on by Katie. He doesn't want. Katie to bully him around. So he's telling Franklin to not put up with it. That if she pushes him, it's okay for him to push back. Because if he is too passive, if he just lets Katie do that, then she's going to keep on doing it. And they all want her to stop. Because it's really Katie that's not in the right here, is she? I kind of don't want that her to be the youngest now. Yeah, yeah. But... Here's here's a question though. Do you think she can change? Do you what? think she can get over being jealous of Franklin? Maybe. Maybe her and Franklin just need to kind of have a conversation at some point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is there any of these issues that will sh- that will actually have them n- being friendly to each other? Possibly. I'm not going to tell you yes or no because I'd like you to experience it one issue at a time so you can see what's going to go on. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact that you're thinking about this and that you want them to be friends, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that she can work on. I mean, we've seen that the kids change, right? Yeah. Yeah? So the kids can keep changing each issue, right? Mm-hmm. But I like how that you don't... I like that you have a problem with it because of how Katie is acting. Did you like the story, though? Yeah. Yeah? I guess. Uh, you guess? Yeah. What do you think of Kofi? Do you mm-hmm. like Kofi? Yeah. You're pretty much just focused right on Franklin and Katie, right? Mm-hmm. Do you kind of like Franklin? Kind of. What do you think about his dream powers that he can see things that can happen in the future? That's a little bit more cool. That's kind of cool? Um, is there anything else that's really interesting in the in the story? Is there any scenes that you really liked in the book? The one where they go underwater. So what did they uh, go down in the water to get? A radio. And what was the radio? What are they going to use the radio for? To contact Friday. Ah, because they need help, right? Yeah. Because there's a new bad guy in town, isn't there? Yeah. What's his name? Jackal. Yeah. Do you remember what he is? He's a... High snark? Yeah. Is he a little more scary than uh, the boogeyman? No. No? I didn't see him much. Okay. That's fair enough. He wasn't in this one that much. He doesn't give me nightmares. He doesn't give you nightmares. Snarks don't give me nightmares. Well, that's good. Nothing except for zombies give me nightmares. <laughs> well... I think I can promise you that there's no zombies, or at least there's no zombies I can think of right now. Yeah. Is that everything then, honey? Yep. All right. I love you. Love you too. Shout out time. We want to do some shout outs to recognize those listeners that 
take the time to write in or leave us a review. On Facebook, we have Barbara N., Keith B., Al S., Hoover J., Scott S., Kyle C., Jeff P., Max T., David P., and Todd E. On Twitter, the MotuCast, Tim Price, our wonderful, wonderful Mephisto. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Thank you again so much. I know we keep saying thank you for uh, for your contribution and you know writing stuff on our webpage and everything, but we really do appreciate it. It is fantastic. It's always cool. It's kind of like, hey, we released one. Better go check out our page and see if Tim said anything or anybody else. And there you are, buddy. So thank you. Greg A., Nerdy Dad's Podcast, Jeremy Daw, Warlock Thanos Podcast, Osvaldo Oila, I apologize if I butchered that. Sure we did. The Art Classroom, Cool Down Now, Ed Veracci, Slang World Scott, Cho, Comics in the Golden Age, Comic Reflections, and Dr. G. And on Patreon, we want to give a specific thank you to our patrons. Thank you for helping us keep this show going with your contributions. We just updated our tiers and benefits, so we are going to start highlighting our contributors. Scott S. Thank you very much, Scott. Scott is such a stupendous super supporter. Emily W. Thank you very much, Emily. Energetic empathy earned from Emily. TJ. Thank you very much, TJ. TJ. Truly a terrific trombonist. And like I've said about our Patreon, it is keeping us in beer and bandwidth. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we're using it for. <laughs> You're not going to ask me about the trombonist? Um, okay, let's get a backstory. Tell me about TJ's tromboning. Tromboning. Tumbroning, whatever it's called. I've known him for a long time and I know things. Oh. So... <laughs> I'm going to infer that one time at band camp, he put a trombone to his lips and made music, as one would do in band camp. He's a trombonist, what can I say? And, and, and it's alliterative with his name. Okay, now that works out great. <laughs> I have. I would also like to do a thank you to the irredeemable Shag. He went to the Comic-Con in Boston month, two months ago or something like that, and he got one of the pictures that Gene Brigman did really large picture of power pack and he got it signed by june brigman and by louis simonson and he sent it to me and it is amazing irredeemable shag you've got a fantastic network you're a wonderful guy you're a good friend and i wish that we didn't live on opposite coasts because i'd love <laughs> to see you more often but thank you very much for the wonderful gift Jeff and Rick Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the power of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff Rick Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word, at gmail.com or at our website, Jeff and Rick Present.wordpress.com. And if you would like to support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com. Jeff and Rick present all one word. Please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the wonderful women in our life. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time, costumes, costumes off. off. Our theme music is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is Take Me Out to the Ball Game. All music is by Kevin McLeod at Acompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Jarvis, butler to the Avengers, butler master, <laughs> and worst babysitter in the world. <laughs> I just came up with that. <laughs> Rick, master of the podcast. <laughs> Jeff, burp master. Aurora, scream master. Scream master. <laughs> Think giant-skinned hybrid lizard grasshopper aliens. Think giant-skinned? Giant green-skinned. You just said giant-skinned. <laughs>
think giant skin. They've got like feet of skin. They're like whales. Hey, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I don't often say this, but you are correct. The foolish fool found a few felonious facts. The queen mother has sent her... The foolish fowl. Foolish fowl. What did I say? Fool. Fool, huh? Foolish fool. The foolest foolest of all fools. Mm Mm-hmm. Funny. Bad. Speaking of galactic struggles, we... Bad. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. bad. Speaking no, of... Try this. That was bad. There we go. That's it. That's what's going to win us listeners. Or lose the ones we got. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Or you're welcome. Whichever one. Or thank you. Saved by the tea kettle. Jarvis retreats. <laughs> Come on, hold it together, man. And that his parents would never leave him in any danger. I um, said danger. Danger. Rick, careful, there's danger ahead. Speaking of costumes, they are lamenting that they can't call up Friday to check out a meteor they saw the night before because the communicator... Communicator. Communicators do not work. Still... Do not work after Julie's washing. Not at all. No, they don't. Katie falls again, but this time... Okay, I'll actually do it. <laughs> I just like... Shracked. Just randomly into, into conversations. I do. <laughs> hey, I was thinking about seeing Deadpool. Did you want to Shracked see it with me sometime? Uh, maybe. Only if you Shracked. <laughs> As she is reaching to disintegrate the letter... The letter of the water tower... <laughs> As she reaches... Sorry. Hey, you say tomato. I say kidnapping. Let's just call the whole thing off. (laughs) (laughs) Kidnapping. Let's Let's call call the whole thing thing off. off. (laughs) 